Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Father God, we just thank you. We praise you. We have to learn. Oh, yes, Lord, with your help. And we pray for your help. We have to learn how to praise you in the storm and to be able to dance and to be happy in the storm. So many of us, I don't think we'll be able to pass that test. And now more than ever before, I would submit that we have to work very, very hard changing dynamics in our lives, changing our behaviors, identifying different and new methods perhaps to be able to deal with the um, change dynamics that are occurring in many of our lives and also the extreme uh, uh, testing situations that many of us find ourselves going through, the refiner's fire perhaps you want to call it. Father, we praise you for all these things. We do not understand We just simply submit before you, Father, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to do a mighty work within each of us. For those of us, and and Father, all I can can say is thank you for your help. I am not there yet, but I, I just wanted to personally, in front of everybody, just praise your name and say thank you for the amazing change that, and and it has taken about four years. Um, I am not there yet. Um, But I wanted to praise you and thank you, and I pray that there are many others that are also in that place where they can praise you and thank you for changes in their lives. I do know that for me, Father, and I praise you for this, that it required an epiphany. I, for some reason, in my spirit or whatever, I, I don't know what it was, but inside of me I felt that I should just simply be able to pray and ask you for your assistance and that it would somehow magically just happen. That there would just be some supernatural metamorphosis in my life that I would just suddenly not feel certain ways at certain times and not react to certain things at certain times. And Father, I just want to praise you because you have shown me so many testimonies. You have shown me so many things. A testimony that was given to me last night even over email that I read last night because I wasn't sleeping well. A powerful testimony that's going to result in a wonderful guest to be able to join us. And Father, we what a teaching, what an amazing thing to learn and to apply that dynamic, how that how that a miracle occurred, how long that miracle took to occur, how much was invested, how much faith was invested over such a long period of time, so much suffering. And Father, I can take it and I can overlay that miracle upon my life and see see how it how similar it is to the last several years of my walk and my struggles and and because when we go through traumas when we go through difficult times it always a miracle sometimes and and I and and I know and I praise you for this and I thank you for this revelation and again I know I haven't arrived yet father and we all need your help but father I just thank you for helping me to understand to be able to see when I look back over the last four years, the vast, not, not only the journey, the difficulty of the journey, but how it took literally years of time. But the most amount of progress was made for me. I haven't arrived yet. It was made for me. My greatest amount of progress came when I took a, a far, 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 far greater ownership, I would even submit probably 90% ownership of making changes in my life, making conscious decisions 
to alter behaviors, to take control, my, me, by myself. It says in, in Philippians 4, verse 13, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Father, I just praise you. It's reflective even in the Passion Translation of uh, the uh, of uh, um, Song of Songs. Uh, I believe it's chapter 2, 15b, uh, which we read on this program. It's so evident in your scripture. The scripture doesn't come right out, and we praise you for this, Father. We praise you for showing the things. How, how does Jesus do it, or, or how is the prayer that Jesus uh sent up to your throne room, Father, you know, that, you know, uh, something along the lines of praising you for revealing these things to the, to the, to the, you know, hearts of babes or, you know, and Father, you know, when we, I, I was dismayed for many years and I praise you. I, I thank you for the journey. I was dismayed and I didn't understand why I, I, I even prayed incorrectly. I prayed incorrectly. I did not know how to pray. I did not, you know, it, the scripture says the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. And of, yes, that is one Greek word, effective and fervent. And you got to look it up and understand, you know, kind of dig, do a little bit of digging to see it. But effective prayers are, are clear because we also have the other scripture in Romans eight twenty six. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. When we, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Another strong, uh, not not only an implication but clearly an explicit statement that indicates powerfully that there must be a vast majority of times that we are praying for certain things that wrongfully, and it's it's echoed again. Praise your name in the Book of James. You know, uh, we we ask and we do not receive because we ask out of our own lust. Now, translationally, that may not be truly lust. That word probably uh, more softly translates into our own personal agendas, our own personal desires. Maybe not lust. I would submit it's probably not well translated into the word lust, I would submit, praise your name, thank you, Jesus, that it's more accurately translated into our own personal biases. We pray it, we ask, and we do not receive because we are not asking for your will to be done. And it's okay to ask for something that we might think that is outside of your will, like Jesus did when he said, Father, if it is at all possible, let this cut pass from me, but nevertheless, not as I will but as you will. So there's nothing wrong with asking for those things, but if we can receive that understanding and understand that when we are praying outside of your will, that there are some times that you're going to say no, and that there are other times when you are waiting. The scripture clearly states that the Lord God tests the righteous. The scripture clearly states in Psalm 78:41 that again and again they, the Israelites, tempted God, tempted him, tempted you, Father, and limited the Holy One of Israel. Limited what you, because of the fact that they were complaining and groaning and moaning and doing all the things that they shouldn't have ought to have done and were disobedient to the instructions that they were getting through Aaron from Moses through you. It limited what you could do for them. Ultimately, ultimately ending up in a 40-year journey that could have probably taken a couple of weeks. 
How many of us will have to go? How, how, how many of those years did I go through? that I didn't have to go through because I was not praying effectually, praying for your help, but taking no or little, you know, let's just say not an adequate amount of my own personal responsibility and trusting you, Jesus, to help me along that journey, but expecting me to fight my way out of that well, expecting me to pick myself back up. I praise you, Father, for your mercy. I thank you, Father, for your mercy for each and every one of us. For there is a high level of likelihood, Father, that there, and I am not saying I've arrived. I am not saying, I, I, I know that I've got to put another practice in the place, something I've never learned to do before, that I've got to personally learn that when my work situation gets intolerable, and it does, it gets literally intolerable, handshaking stress. Father, uh, teach me, I pray, to get up, walk away from my office, get out of the, the surroundings of the stress, and walk away and go into another room, I know where, my prayer chair, and just sit in the darkness and focus on you. Get away from the place that triggers you. It's a new thing I have to put into practice, and I know that if I don't put that into practice, I will not overcome this problem, and we are overcomers. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single person that is, whether they are uh, listening live and and praying along and, and receiving live, or whether they are listening to a recorded show several days later or weeks later, there are certainly many, and I praise you, Father. We all praise you. We thank you, Father, for the, the chastening, the trials, the tribulations, the fiery trials that are to dry you as if something strange has happened to you. All these things that we are supposed to be rejoicing about, not giving up. Uh, Father, I, I pray for those who I have talked to that just believe with all of their heart that they cannot overcome, that where they are is where they are that there's no point. They're where they are. And that's where they ha- they are. That's where they've chosen. I don't want to necessarily say it's where they've chosen to be, but they've come to an impasse. They've come to an impasse. And they're adamant about staying exactly where they are. And that's reflective. We praise your name for this in the Tommy Hicks vision of 1963. I think it was. No, wait a minute. Yeah, it wasn't the Armin Wolf of 1993. I believe Tommy Hicks was 1963. And you, Lord Jesus, in that vision, reached your hand out to believers, like walking down a row. And as you reached your hand out, many of the believers stepped back away from you. We're entering into a time, Father, and we praise you for this, where we either take charge over our behaviors and our choices, and it's going to take, because of the time, let's call it the season that you have chosen to place us in, it is absolutely going to take extreme measures on our part. Disciples comes from the word discipline. Yet at the same time, we become utterly dependent upon you and we go too far. 
It's nothing, nothing is wrong with trusting you with all of our heart. We are admonished to trust you with all of our heart. We are, but we are also warned to fear him who has the ability to cast soul and body into hell. Even to the extreme where Jesus used an analogy uh, where we ought to even cut body parts off to avoid sin. And we praise you for your unbelievable grace that you would give us the mercy and grace to allow us to continue to discover what's required for us to be able to progress, to draw in closer, and to not be pasting on a fakey-wakey smile onto our face and, and really just kind of almost living a form of a lie and not... You know, it's just a a very, very difficult dynamic that we find ourselves in, Father. And there are certainly many that are listening to this program, even now, Father, that I pray that you will impart. This is something that has to be imparted spiritually. It was for me, anyway. And I, I, I overthink things. I know that. And I am incredibly impetuous, which makes me who I am. And from a Psalm 139, verse 16 standpoint, that you have written all of that which you, you know, the works that we are to walk in, into our, into our books, our very own books, before we were born on this planet, that we're supposed to walk in the works that you have laid out for us, echoed by Ephesians 2.10. But yet at the same time, Solomon apostatized, and you chose him to do amazing things and write a large part of our Holy Bible. You chose him. It, it, for many, it causes a little bit of confusion and causes us to scratch our heads. But, Father, we praise you because we understand that you do not micromanage us. Nor do you micromanage creation. Even when Satan uh, sinned against you, Father, it says in the Scripture that you know that it, it was almost like it was a discovery until I found in you know sin, you know sin within him. It was like Satan was doing horrible things out there in the universes, uh, moving from, I would argue, galaxy to galaxy in the area of the uh, creation that you gave him jurisdiction over for whatever period of time. I would submit that that was, I I think, some of the translation or some of the understandings that uh, scholarly specialists have um, vested in. That when it says that he, that uh, Satan, you know, moved from I forget the exact terms, but light to, to light or uh, ball of fire, moving amongst the balls of fire, or whatever. I believe that those were, you know, th- those were solar systems. Until iniquity was found in him. Until, until, again, we see once again where you don't micromanage his father. We see in First Kings twenty two nineteen where Micaiah sees, uh, you know, uh, a, a multitude, an innumerable company of of uh, what what is referred to as spirits, but we know are minor gods, standing before you, Father, and you literally are asking them from your throne, 
How should we make King Ahab fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said, one spoke in one way and one, another spoke in another. And one stepped forward and said, I know, I will go down and become a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. And then, Father, you said, you shall and you will be successful. Why would you even ask that question to that multitude? How big was that multitude? Do we even understand what the term spirit means when we read it in the Bible? I submit we do not. Do we realize that it's a glorified body of a minor God? I submit that we do not understand that as a general rule unless you reveal it to us because we see it echoed multiple places in your scripture. Praise your name. We say we see, praise your name, Father. We thank you for John ten thirty four. Have I not said in your law that ye are gods? Why would Jesus say that? Little G gods. Because he's referring to Psalm eighty two. But we know that we are. How can we be Christ? How is it that we can when we are born of the water and of the spirit, water of the woman, water breaks, gives birth. And of the spirit, because we are saved by the Spirit of the living God, by the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ being invited, we actively ask Jesus to come in us. Yet so yet at the same time, Father, we praise you for the revelation of understanding how slow it was for me to be able to see it and even still continue to struggle. Recognizing is the journey ever over? Recognizing that my suspicion is that by the time I get past this part of the journey, there'll be a whole other revelation I've got to go through. And I suspect that there's probably a whole bunch of others that are going through horrible, horrible times right now. Far worse than, well, I don't know if they could be worse than some of the stuff that I went through. I don't, I don't. That's, yeah, it could be. If it was serious, yeah, if it was really, really super duper bad, deadly health issues and divine healing stuff, then yeah, then, and incredible pain then yes, it would be worse than what I went through. And Father, there are so many believers that are going through things like this and have gone through them and um, or are currently going through them or are going through them with their family and their loved ones, their children. Uh, they may have lost some of their family that was very close to them, children, to the bioweapons attack. We lost Brother Rob Skiba. We lost, uh, um, uh, we lost uh, um, Douglas Riggs, Pastor Douglas Riggs, to it. More, even. Inclination would be to either be upset with the devil, heaven forbid, upset with you, as it says in the scripture. Um, I'm trying to remember the scripture. This one here is evading me, Father. Um, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, he makes even his enemies to be... Or, no, 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 no. When a man's... Uh, he, oh, he, he, his anger... Uh, he, he, he takes his anger out on you, Father. That's basically what it says, but I, don't, I, I have to go back and rememorize a lot of stuff. Father, we just praise you and we pray in the name of Jesus that you will reveal these mysteries, you will reveal these things, that you will reveal... Most, more than anything, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for all of us, 
that as we self-examine, as we self-judge, as we're admonished or indeed commanded to really uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 11, 28, 31, and 32 to ultimately, I mean, if we have any hope of avoiding potentially severe and deadly chastening. Because even the Apostle Paul warns in those scriptures that many of you are sick and weak and asleep because they failed to examine themselves, meaning that they were dead already. And it even says right out, straight up, right in front of our face, if we just read it. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged by God and ultimately chastened by him. And what if we don't respond to the chastening? And how many, how much of our inheritance and rewards do we end up forfeiting, Father? By virtue of failing to respond. By virtue of not recognizing iniquity in our hearts. By not making the necessary changes. By not seeking you and just assuming, making that assumption. Let every man seek his own salvation with fear and trembling. But yet we forget. 1 Peter 4, 7, if a righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly be? But we forget. First Corinthians 3, 14, 13, 14, and 15 talks about our works will be tested of what sort they are. But they will be tested by fire. And if they endure or I believe, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but essentially if they, if they endure or if they last or if they have meaning to the kingdom, positive meaning to the kingdom and ultimately to the salvation of souls, which is our great commission, if it is positive, we'll receive a reward. If it is negative, we'll receive a loss. Father, we praise you for that understanding because we've had even people come on this program that have been taken to heaven, and as they were walking around in heaven with Jesus, they were shown a room full of presents that they were not allowed to open. Now, the person that was taken to heaven, Father, didn't understand. I did. Those were things that they could have had reward-wise, but forfeited because of some bad choices. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we have courage, that we do overcome, that we do recognize through your anointing, through the revelation of the presence of the Holy Spirit within, and our Lord Jesus, who resides within us, we pray, always. That you will reveal to us Teach us, show us that we must, we must, it's not optional, we must make choices. We must figure out how we are going to overcome the slump that we're in. It may take us a long time. And I thank you, Lord, for helping me to understand that trying to break strongholds through spiritual warfare was not the answer for me. It wasn't until it, I realized, and maybe it was through a revelation of the Spirit, that I needed to take 
responsibility. I needed to, meaning that I needed to figure out a way to change things in my life, whether it got, meant getting on a bicycle and riding it, whether it meant uh, uh, working out, whether it, you know, whatever it was, changing something in my routine, how I thought, what you know, uh, you know, you know, holding every thought capt- into captivity to the obedience of Christ, you know, commandeering the fiery darts, praying, you know, yes, of course, combining it with spiritual warfare prayers, yes, Amen. But at the same time, recognizing that if I didn't change behavioral patterns that made me vulnerable, routinely vulnerable, if I, if I didn't, I can do all things, I can do all things, I, I, me, you, us, we can do all things, we can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens us. He doesn't do it for us. It's not a miracle. He simply strengthens us. And Father, thank you for helping me after much travail understand that not only did I have to take responsibility, and I sure do got a bunch more things lined up, and I am way far away from being there yet. Nobody knows that more than you, Father. Thank you for your mercy and your grace for all of us, for all of us. But also thank you for revealing to me in the spirit of Psalm 7841 about limiting God by our thoughts, our behaviors, our negativity, our frustrations, forgetting to have gratitude, forgetting to praise you in all things, both good and bad which we're told explicitly in the scripture to do. Thank you for revealing that to me in my spirit. That's when I felt a a turning point. When instead of waking up in the morning and absolutely horrifically dreading the idea of going in and starting the work day, then I genuinely started to praise you for it. I flipped it around, and I said, you know what? There are a lot of people suffering, losing their homes, not able to buy food, uh, just horrible, horrible things happening to people. And how how could I be so self-centered and selfish not to praise you for even one of the most, you know, I have to overcome. We all have to overcome. None of us, if we want to be chosen, not one of us. None of us should be surprised. Not a one of us should be surprised. Myself included. Praise your name, Father. If we are not chosen to be part of the barley harvest, part of the uh, first watch, because we did not do what needed to be done in our lives, with the assistance and strengthening of our Lord Jesus, because we praise. We praise in true, heartfelt, tear-filled gratitude. We have to learn to overcome ourselves. Because you're not going to do it for us, Father. Because the Lord God tests the righteous. Do we pass every test? Nope, we don't. We do not. 
But are you merciful enough to let us take the test over and over again? Yeah, you are. Praise you, Father. Thank you. And in that journey, as we slip down the side of the narrow path sometimes, is that going to result in a loss in our rewards? Yes, it is. Is it going to result in us being cast in the hellfire? Probably not. Almost certainly not if we are confessing and fighting our way back out of that pit. I thank you, Father, for recognizing my own personal determination in the times when... Out of frustration, I yelled out loud to you, I won't quit, I won't quit, I will not quit. I pray in the name of Jesus for that same determination, that perseverance, that spirit, that strong perseverance that needs to come upon each one of us. Recognizing that even, um, oh goodness, it even says, not only does it says that liars will be cast into the lake of fire, but it also says cowards will. So, Father, please instill upon each one of us a mighty spirit of determination, perseverance, helping us to understand and embrace the perfect love that can only come from you, casts out all fear, to come to an understanding in the name of Jesus, that we have a responsibility or else we could end up like Sullivan, Solomon. And that you're not going to micromanage us to the end. You know the beginning from the end, but you're not going to micromanage us on the journey. You'll help us, especially if we praise you when things get really bad. The worse they get, the more we have to praise. And if we would only be doing it now, we might not have to go through that worse situation. Help us, we pray, Father, no matter what, to recognize that we are utterly unworthy and will be. Help us to have a contrite spirit and recognize that this is a journey and we go in every battle. It is a war and... If we're vested in that war, if we're involved in that war, if we are causing trouble for Satan, as we ought, as we're commanded to, really, then we're going to become a target, and life will not get easier. But at that point, didn't we sign up to become Navy SEALs? At the point that we chose to stand up against the forces of darkness, at the point that we chose to use spiritual warfare tactics in our lives, at the point that we chose to stand before the courts of heaven and pray for people, to use the power that you have given us, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to do what we were commanded to do, these signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons, speak with new tongues. They will ingest anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But, but, but it, says, it says will. These signs will follow those who believe. What about all those who don't believe in those things, Father? Thank you for being merciful. Thank you for being merciful. 
And thank you for, we praise you, Father God. We, we, we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that not only will we understand the mandate to be a disciple, the, the requirement to be disciplined as a disciple charge, and to make those changes, to, in, to completely analyze our behavioral uh, uh, patterns and change those behavioral patterns and not, you know, for example, it, you know, there's so many examples. And we praise you, Father. We thank you for the strength. We ask you for more strength. Lord Jesus, we ask you to continue to strengthen us, but to give us more, more than anything, we ask you to give us that revelation. Because that revelation took me years. Granted, after astonishing amounts of drama, of, uh, not, not, well, there was drama, but uh, trauma, back-to-back horrific events that, Don't even merit repeating anymore. I wish, you know, only as testimony to encourage others. But Father, I'm I I am blown away, and I pray in Jesus' name that you will pour out a revelation into the spirit of every single person that is participating in these prayers. I pray in the name of Jesus that that revelation will become a reality in their life. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will. Look at every opportunity that they possibly can embrace to adopt positive thoughts, positive behaviors, being grateful, being thankful, because these are the things that we, as we move through our sanctification process, are essentially commanded to do. Otherwise, we risk stepping away from you, Jesus, as you lift your hands out to each of us in the days after they've grown far darker than they are now. Perhaps only a metaphor, perhaps just a metaphor to explain the difference between those who took charge and went running toward you, kept our eyes fixated on yours, even as the seas were rising over our heads. Unable to walk on the water, but nevertheless, focused and affixed on your eyes. Which essentially means that we're just not paying attention to the things that are happening around us. We are so utterly full of faith, so utterly full of determination, perseverance, and overcoming, that we see only you, and that's all we care about. And when we see only you, it becomes a part of the story when you stood before Peter and said, Do you love me, Peter? Then feed my sheep. Or do we wallow in our own self-pity as I have? Wondering why you didn't answer a prayer that we thought should have been answered or whatever the case may have been over my these last several years. I don't even know. Maybe 2018 to 2019 to 2020 to 20. Yeah, almost four years. Three and a half. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that this revelation will just sink in deep into the hearts because it's all part of the journey. Father, we know that we're going to go through, well, I would submit, Far more difficult times than we can ever even imagine in our wildest nightmare. Because I don't think most of us can understand and put ourselves in the place 
of those who have no food, of those whose children have been blown up by bombs from real, honest-to-goodness, tattooed Nazis, to be living in a, in a country ignorant and busy with your life, unaware of what's really going on and believing what's being said on the television, but not understanding why you don't have power, why you can't afford energy to even heat your home. Lord God, we praise you and we thank you for everything that you have blessed us with. We recognize that it is very possible that the things that we are, even our own dwelling places, may be taken away. That we would be as the Son of Man with no place to rest his head. And to be able to look at that as a blessing. Lord Jesus, even when you told us not to worry, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus, even when you told us not to worry, you said, don't worry about what you're going to wear, don't worry about what you're going to eat, and then you pointed to the sparrows, and, 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 uh, but you never said anything about a dwelling place, a peep. Thank you, Father God, for spoiling some of us rotten, but also giving some of us the opportunity to be able to help others on account of it, but also humbling us when we realize what we could have done and didn't do. We just praise you and thank you for helping us to understand that we don't want to be the ones in the Tommy Hicks vision that step away from you, Jesus. We want to be the ones whose eyes are fixed on you, that you are our first love, and because you are our first love, we want to feed your sheep. We want to be prayer warriors. We want to do all that we can do for you, even now, and be ready to go and do a lot more when the days are much darker and much more scary. But perfect love casts out all fear. And if we're full of faith, why in the world? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love. Spirit of power. We are powerful and we are beings of love. We have no fear because that love comes from our Father. We trust our Father because He's our Father. Therefore, we have no fear. And we have all power. comes directly from the Godhead. For it is no longer we who live, but Christ Jesus who lives within us. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. In us. At the same time, if we pray amiss,
We thank you, Father, for revealing these things. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that each one of us will be given an extra portion, an extra portion, and a, a double portion of an anointing to see the opportunity that has been laid before us to overcome the natural fleshy responses. I mean, it, they, 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 just like the Apostle Paul admonished and warned about uh, multiple times throughout his, the, you know, the, the, the books that he, you know, and the epistles that he had written, that we're always going to be subject to the flesh, that it is a battle. Help us to recognize that now, Father, please, in Jesus' name. Help us to recognize, Father, that if we don't start to train ourselves to praise, to overcome our natural fleshy proclivity to complain and be unhappy, choosing to hold every thought in captivity to the obedience of Jesus, which is the Word of God, not faking it, but meaning it, because we believe we do have that faith. We do know that you are our Father, and we do know that you love us, and we do know the power that you have given us, Lord Jesus, in your name. In your name we pray. Let us not miss, O oh Lord, let us not miss when the many that who are called, let us not miss being chosen. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. And Father, we also ask you, please, anoint us. Anoint us with a spirit of discipline to make changes in our lives. Whatever they may be, so that we can come to wherever that place, that, that destiny is that you establish for us in, in your word that was written in our books, not to miss as Solomon did, to be part of the first watch, to be chosen, to come down in the new Jerusalem adorned as a bride, transformed, appearing on earth, transformed as a minor God in the presence of Jesus after we've already attended the wedding supper. And many of us probably accepted a mission, an opportunity to come down and help those, those who were part of the grape harvest, those who had to go through horrible things but needed supernatural assistance praise you for the revelation of understanding why the two witnesses are that fire is shooting out of their mouths why would that be what kind of fire is it is that some metaphor for power or is it more literally referring to the holy fire of God. And if the fire is shooting out of their mouths for that period of time, three and a half years, time, times, half a time, Father, doesn't that mean that we're commanding the fire of God and using it as our weaponry against the forces of darkness? 
doesn't it seem almost like some kind of a supernatural science fiction X-Men, uh, you know, what is it, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy type of a program? Could it actually be that amazing? What does it mean to rule and reign with Jesus? What does it mean to live for all of eternity as a minor God, ruling and reigning with our Lord Jesus Christ over creation? What does it mean, Father? I think, I, I honestly think we're, we, we have so much that we just don't understand. And if we could only embrace some of it now to become motivated to use our sanctified imaginations to do the best we can to embrace, to keep our mind stayed on things above, but not just what we've heard in testimonies, but to understand the greater things than these will we do now because our Lord Jesus has gone unto you, Father. We praise you for that. Strengthen us, reveal to us, help us, help us to come to that place of absolute and utter surrender, and to realize that to be disciples, we've got to make some choices. And then you will help us. Not while we're sitting in the corner crying and feeling sorry for ourselves. Even though we may feel at that moment that we have every reason to. Help us to remember that this is about eternity. And you've got it all in control. We praise you for that, Father, and we pray in Jesus' name that we will be found worthy to be chosen. Tonight is April the 29th of 2022, the 28th of Nisan 5782. Today is Omer 15, counting of the Omers. What is an Omer? It's a bundle of barley. How about that? Bundle of barley. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The time now is 7.51 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And together t tonight, we light the Sabbath candles, one for the Father, or the Shabbat candles if you prefer. Or if you want to do it on a Monday, you can do it on a Monday. Or if you want to do it all week long, you can do it all week long. And once again, I, oh, there we go. I got it to work. <laughs> don't want to have to use... Oh, hallelujah. Got to use those long lighters, otherwise you burn your fingers. You know how that is. Praise God. I light three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav Veratzavanu Vishabbat Kodsho Be'avahu V'ratzon Hinchilanu Zikaron L'mase V'reshit Ki hu yom techila lemikra e kodesh zechelitziat mitzrayim.
Kivanu vacharta Veotanu kidashta Mikol hamim Veshabhat kochecha Be'ava uvratzon Himchaltanu Baruch Adonai Mekadesh Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. See, it's right here in, in Song of Songs 213b through 215. In the Passion Translation, it's right here. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voice is in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little sins that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin, to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Thank you, Jesus.
66 books of the current, quote, canon. Don't even like that name, by the way. Um, There's only one book of all of them where the Lord gives us a blessing, which I'll take all I can get, amen, for reading it aloud. And that's the book of Revelation. Praise God. Did it occur to you what's amazing to me that just hit me a second ago as the music was playing? The hardest books in the entire New Testament for anybody in churchianity, pastors, preachers, teachers, whatever they want to call themselves, PhDs, doctor this, doctor, 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 doctor. Um, the hardest the ones that they avoid teaching from are the books of First and Second John, particularly First John. And because it seems like it's full of conflicts, but it's not. Because you, you come to the understanding of what it means when you read it from top to bottom. Because Confession of sins and repentance of sins and self-examination is a continuous cyclical process. But anyway, isn't it amazing? The one 
of all, you know, of all the apostles, of all of those who authored books of the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Eternal Contract, the one that churchianity today literally can't teach from because they'll get too much pushback and too many questions because people won't understand, and they don't understand. They don't understand with their self-proclaimed degrees, etc., or whatever. But they don't understand it, and it appears to be full of conflicts. He who is born of God does not sin. He keeps himself, and the evil one does not touch him. But wait a minute. In the same, a couple of paragraphs earlier, it says we all sin. <laughs> it, and, and if we do sin and confess of our sin, our, our Father is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But then it says he who is born of God does not sin. In 1 John 3, 7, it says uh, 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 he who practices righteousness is righteous just as Jesus Christ himself is righteous says he, but that's who it's talking about. But then it says, he who sins is of the devil. But you've got to understand, there's translational issues there. They, he who, what it really ought to say is, he who sins is doing it because of the devil. Which one is it? It's all of the above. Because it's all part of the process. Of course, where you want to be in your walk is... He who is born of God does not sin. But how do you do not sin? How do you not sin? When Revely, or when Romans 14.23b says, that which is not from faith is sin. And even the Jesus' own hand, chosen apostles, he, he admonished them saying, oh, ye of little faith. Multiple times. Thank you, Jesus. So were they in sin? Yes. Are we when we have a lack of faith? Yes. It's a cycle. It's a, it's a process. So when it says he who is born of God does not sin, what it really is implying when you understand all of 1 John, it's, what it's really implying, praise God, is it's saying, what it's saying is he who is born of God practices righteousness and is righteous just as Jesus himself is righteous, which means does not sin. Get it? If you're practicing medicine, does it mean you get it right every time? Praise God. Did you know that of all of the apostles, the only one that did not die by being killed? Oh, he was tortured. Was it John? The writer of the very book that the pastors, preachers, and teachers of this world today cannot preach from. They avoid it like the plague. I know. I know elders, and they, they, they come right out and told me, Pastor so-and-so won't go near that. Won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Because they've got a whole congregation of people that are going to eat their lunch and pop the bag, judging him and pointing fingers and doing everything the Bible says they're not supposed to do. Yet John was the only one who did not die on the earth. Well, he did eventually, you know, but because I'm sure with horrible scars and burns from being thrown into boiling oil. Can you imagine that? 
and then given a vision, the greatest vision that was ever given in the history of all of the universes. Ultimately penning the very book of 66, the only one that we are given a blessing by God for reading aloud. Isn't that amazing? It, it's mind-bending to think about it, but then on the flip side of that coin, my flesh tells me I don't want to go into a vat of boiling oil. <laughs> You know, right? But on the other hand, and then, you know, and then, of course, I don't really want to get my head chopped off like Paul did. And I don't want to be sitting in jail for two years and, you know, and all that other stuff that they had to go through and getting nailed to a cross like Peter upside down. Oh, my gosh. And Timothy. Timothy came running out of his house nearby where the Christians in Ephesus would gather together. Because they just gathered together in groups. An ecclesia gathering. They didn't have buildings. It wasn't like a, you know, when it says the church, when it calls it the church of Ephesus, it's not talking about there was a building. Look, there's the church of Ephesus. See the big sign and the wonderful doors that swing wide. And look at all those ushers. No, it wasn't like that at all. Just a group of Christians in a particular part of town that got together. Maybe many of them walked far and wide to get there, but they gathered together. Worshiped God, talked about the word, talked about Jesus, encouraged each other, prayed for each other, and then went out and did exactly what they were supposed to do. Preach the gospel to every living creature and bring more people into the gathering, the ecclesia. And all the coaching in First and Second Timothy about how to run the church and don't worry about, don't let it bother you that you're young and you know you're anointed by God and here's your instruction and go 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 forth, young man, and become the leader of the church of Ephesus. Anybody know how Timothy died? Timothy got himself all worked up into a lather, <laughs> for real. He got himself all worked up into a lather because outside of wherever it was he was hanging out at, probably his home, who knows where, doesn't say, of course not, it's too far back, but he got himself all worked up into a lather because there was a pagan parade going on. Kind of like, you know, New Orleans. The uh, <clears throat> Ephesus version of Mardi Gras. Excuse me. And um, <clears throat> he got himself worked up into a lather. He didn't, you know, it was it, it was an abomination to him. And he charged right at that Mardi Gras parade and looked at all of those pagans. And he just yelled and told them a thing or two. Kind of like, you know, Black Lives Matter and being woke and all the extreme Antifa leftists today. How many, Christ, you know, confessed Christians will say, maybe not the best ones in the whole wide world, but nevertheless, you know, professed Christians died at the hands of these, quote, 
well, now we know that they're paid. We know that they're satanic. We understand that this is part of the takedown of the country, but that's because we're blessed with that understanding. Most people don't understand it. They don't understand the under the undertow of evil that is running the whole thing in an orchestrated manner for the bringing in of the Antichrist and the destruction of Babylon the Great. They don't understand it. So to the average onlooker, it would be that, wow, look at all those Christians that are getting killed by the BLM people. That's what they would see. Timothy got himself worked up into a lather. He saw the Mardi Gras parade outside of his house. He said, enough is enough, and he went out and told him a thing or two about it, and he yelled. I'm sure he yelled and stomped his feet and said, you know, you blasphemers, you need to, you know, Give your souls and, you know, accept Jesus in your heart. Don't do that. That's, you know, and this, that, and the other thing. He told them a thing or two. They're Mardi Gras floats, and they went and beat him within an inch of his life. Kind of like BLM. And then, I guess some good Samaritans took him back into his house where he laid that night and slowly died from internal bleeding. See, it makes me wonder if maybe Timothy didn't let himself get worked up into a lather and saw the risk associated with going out there and telling him a thing or two, how much more he could have done for the kingdom of God. Be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. I'm not accusing Timothy of sin. Not at all. Just wondering, particularly as it applies to each of us, See, many of us may may be feel, I don't know, like we're not doing enough right now. But I don't think that's going to be the case. As long as we can keep our heads together, as long as we can draw in through prayer, through spiritual warfare prayer, using the power of Jesus Christ, making prayer ministries. Again, I will say it again and again and again. One of the most powerful testimonies of a uh, person being taken to heaven that I will never forget was an individual that was taken to heaven and was given a tour of heaven from the skies flying over heaven. Now, if you understand how heaven's laid out, and it's really just kind of like, it's very similar to planet Earth, but it's extremely glorified. Quadrillions of colors that we are unable to see. Quadrillions of beautiful, I mean, there's no brown leaves. There's no dead grass. As a matter of fact, the flowers sing and we can breathe underwater. It, 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 the, the glorification of, that, of, of heaven is so beyond our comprehension that words cannot even begin to describe it. And then when you combine that with the fact that Jesus or you know, our Father through the Holy Spirit said, you know, no, no eye has seen nor ear heard the things that, those, that, that, that God has stored up for those who love him. Well, if that be the case, then all the testimonies of the people that have been taken to heaven are just a taste of what we have in store for us. How much more can we do for our Father if we make wise choices? If we avoid going after the Mardi Gras partiers? holding signs up uh, while people are going to get their vaccinations, but instead praying for them using spiritual warfare methods, commanding the poison that they're willfully taking to be rendered into saline with the power and authority of the Godhead, which we have been given. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. These things that we, I think, in our advanced place of understanding, that is an, a blessing and a very, very hard thing to deal with, both at the same time. Something that we must overcome. So colossal is it in its understanding that the very definition or the very admonishments and instruction of the Word of God takes on a whole other dimension of impact. When, when it says, keep your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world, Colossians 3, verse 2. When it says that, what does that mean to us? It means something completely different to us than it means to somebody sitting in a church on 5th and Main, be a great church, or at least a pretty good one. But when they read that, they highly likely that they have no idea of the things that we've been blessed to be understanding of. How much more so? It says at the end of the book of, the, uh, of chapter 12 in Luke, you know, uh, one of some of the most powerful words in the Bible, very, very convicting. Never mind that Jesus said, he who uh, puts his hands to the plow and looks back is unfit for the kingdom of God. Do you think I have the courage to challenge that one by stopping doing the radio show? No way. The only way that I could possibly be stopped doing this radio show, no matter how horrible the stuff is I'm going through in my life at any given time, how unworthy I may feel at the time, no matter what, I won't quit because I fear God. I fear what that means. What does that mean, taking your hand from the plow? Now, now, it doesn't say you can't switch the plow, though. So there may come a time when the electricity goes off, and I'll just switch the plow. But I'll never quit. I'll keep on plowing. I hope you keep on plowing, too. But if we were all to be, and, you know, if we were all to go running out into the crowds, and, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that's a sin. I'm just saying that perhaps because of the magnitude of the darkness that we are going to be subject to and are already being subject to because God has anointed and blessed us with a wisdom that goes beyond the vast, vast majority of Christianity in the world, which if, if it was only – if the only requirement to be a Christian was to profess Jesus as Lord, that would be two billion people. That would be two billion people. But then you look at uh, Luke 12, the end of Luke 12, and, it, and, and how, it, how convicting – How convicting it, it is when, when it says, um, well, let me find this. Per, this is just some of the best scriptures. Yeah, here it is. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. They call it the faithful servant and the evil servant, and then they wrap the whole thing together into this big, it's just not one of the best uh, subtitles that 
chosen by the authors of the New King James. Just, it's just not one of the best. It really is kind of irrelevant. The faithful servant and the evil servant. He could have done a lot better job of breaking this up a little bit more. But anyway, Jesus says, let your, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. Well, what's he talking about? Wise and foolish virgins. Why would your lamp be burning? The, what's the star principle of the wise and foolish virgins? Praise Jesus. What is it? The lamps. The Holy Spirit. The oil. And being so full of that oil that you needed to carry a, a vessel for the extra oil that you have. So it says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. That's a direct reference to the wise and foolish virgins right there. And you yourselves, like men who wait for their master, when he will return from the wedding. What wedding could that be? Must be a metaphor. No, it's not. It's the wedding supper of the land. Which was written about by the very guy that nobody wants to preach in the church. Who was boiled in oil and saw the most amazing vision of anyone ever in the history of the universes. And then it just goes on to talk about three raptures. It says when he comes, it says that when the master returns from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they wait a minute. Oh my goodness, he's using the word knock. Isn't that? A word that was used to describe the wise and foolish virgins? It's so obvious. How can anybody miss this? That they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants to whom the master comes. Well, that, they, that he will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and he will have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Now, this kind of, I don't know, I, 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 there's, I, I really would have to do some seriously deep dive digging on this one because I'm reasonably sure, now I, I am, I'm sure enough that the uh, uh, barley harvest and the wheat harvest both ultimately become part of the bride of Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to get into trying to over overanalyze this, but it's so straightforward. It talks about the second watch, talks about the third watch, says blessed are both the second watch and the third watch. But wait, where's the first watch? Why doesn't anybody ask that question? Therefore, you also be ready when the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. didn't say at a season that you do not expect. It just says at an hour. Now, you know, of course, that's probably a metaphorical hour, and it's probably a longer period of time, but we, you know, we know. We're close. <laughs> really close. I was having a conversation with a person at work, probably an unbeliever. I'm almost positive that he is. But we were talking about the things that are happening around the world. He's ex-military, U.S. Marine Corps. And I said to him, you do realize that we're literally literally one missile away from World War III. And he's like, oh, yeah. People see it. They get it. But here's some of the most powerfully convicting scriptures for any one of us who have been blessed with 
you know, even if we have, let's say, a margin of error of 15%, 20%, maybe everything that we believe that we have been shown by the Lord isn't 100% correct. So let's assume a margin of error. Fine. But look what it says. And it even goes on to say, but if that servant says in his heart, that'd be us, my master is delaying coming. And he begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. The master of that servant will come on the day when he is not looking for him and an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in two and appoint him. But see, but you have to kind of put it all together and see the dynamics here. This person obviously fell away. I mean, he's literally treating people horribly. You don't beat people. So, yeah. This is referring to people that backslid so bad, uh, assuming that Jesus was just not going to come, and they got mad about it. And Jesus cuts them in two and points them with his portion with, of the, uh, with the unbelievers. That's pretty serious stuff. And then in 47... And 48, it wraps it all into a, it just kind of puts sprinkles on the cupcake of conviction. And says, that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. Hey, check it out. And that servant who knew his master's will, now here's, this is, I got to lean on this. But did not prepare himself or do according to his will, will be beaten with many stripes. What's God's will? That you should feel sorry for yourself. That you should be miserable. You should be sad. Is that God's will? What does it mean to be beaten with many stripes? I don't think it means to be sent to hell, but I do think when you when you uh, put it side by side as a sister verse of 1 Corinthians 3, 14, 13, 14, and 15, where our works will be tested of what sort they are, uh, and, if they, and if our works endure, uh, we will be given a reward. And if they don't endure, we'll, you know, we will take a loss. And I think that what this really means, beaten with many stripes, means you're going to take a lot of losses. You know, that beautiful, gorgeous Thomas Kincaid two-story that you were going to get, you're not anymore. As a matter of fact, Angelica Zambrano, when she was taken to heaven, she asked the Lord as she was being, you know, that was after she was taken to hell, after she died. It was an amazing testimony. It, it's called Angelica Zambrano, just like it sounds, prepare to meet your God. It's in Spanish. It, listen to the Spanish one. Don't do the dub over. And just read the words while she's talking. Look at the look on her face. So she was a teenager when she did it. She had just come back from heaven. Now, after, after that happened, she, she toured the world and served God, spoke to stadiums of people. To this day, she pulls out a chair at her dining room table for the Holy Spirit to sit down in because she's seen all of that. She's been there in heaven. One of the most amazing heaven testimonies that has ever, ever happened. And she saw angels standing beside mansions, but they weren't doing anything. It's kind of like just hanging out, waiting. And she asked and said, why 
why aren't they why are they just standing there why is why is the the mansion not what what's going on it's not finished it's it's and the angel said those are believers who have stopped they have backslidden they have stopped they were their mansion was being prepared the angels were building it but they stopped they had to stop because the believer knew his master's will but did not prepare himself or do according to his master bill his master's will they fell apart they didn't see the big picture they didn't understand they had to be disciplined they didn't understand they had to change their behaviors they didn't understand that there was a responsibility and because of that misunderstanding because they had, or maybe they were in a church and they never really learned what they ought to have learned and they have iniquity in their heart and they've got guns and they think they're going to shoot their way in heaven which they're not and then the angels stop working on their house. And Angelica saw it. She's like, why aren't they building the houses? And then if that's not convicting enough, verse 48 says, but he who did not know, <clears throat> yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. Gives Those are the people... You know, it's like, hey, you got a Bible, you got three Bibles in your house, but you don't open it and you don't read it. You go to church every Sunday, but you don't really do. And you got a crummy pastor, and he he just jumps around and tells you how wonderful Jesus is. But there's no conviction, there's no real teaching going on. It's one of the reasons why I don't really like to watch any movies, even the good ones, that talk about Jesus or or portray Jesus. I I'm hesitant to do it because. While I know I would enjoy it and like it, I don't want to forget the negative battery of the terminal. And most of those programs that depict Jesus, even when – look, when there's a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of Christians that say, this is awesome, then I know that they didn't walk away in fear of God. I don't want to lose that. And then it ends, Luke, that section of Luke 12, it ends it with the second verse, or I'm sorry, the second sentence of verse 48. For everyone to whom much is given, that's not talking about worldly goods, although it could be inclusive of that, because we're supposed to give of our worldly goods to help others. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. But what I believe this is leaning on, probably 98.9% of it, it's talking about mysteries, revelations, the glory of God, the amazingness of who we are in the kingdom of heaven. I'm sorry, the kingdom of God, which is all of creation, to under, to think that the understandings, the blessings that we've been given, the spiritual warfare, knowing how to pray, what we're supposed to be doing. And these signs will follow those, will follow those, will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick. They will cast out demons. They'll ingest anything deadly and it will not hurt them. These signs will follow who? Those who believe in what? Believe in Jesus. Hmm. Of those two billion that profess Jesus as Lord, thank 
Thank you, Jesus, Father God, for your mercy, because it says, but he who did not know, verse 48, the very beginning of verse 48, but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes will be beaten with few. So they'll take losses, but they won't take as big a loss as the ones who knew better, but didn't prepare themselves. They didn't take the initiative. They wallowed in their sorrow. And then it ends with, again, the most convicting scripture of the whole segment of scriptures, this whole paragraphs. For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. It doesn't say it doesn't say from everyone to whom much is given from him much will be um anticipated <laughs> much will be hoped for it doesn't say that it says required and to whom much has been committed that would be wisdom mysteries understanding the glory of heaven, understanding that ruling and reigning with Jesus is more than just telling a squirrel to run up a tree. And to whom much has been committed of him and her, they will ask all the more, wow, all the more, hey, it kind of sounds like John going to the island of Patmos, doesn't it? Is it possible that John was given more? And then more was required? That the Lord committed much to him? So they asked even more of him? And that more required him to be boiled in oil? To receive the greatest vision that was ever given to anybody in the history of the universes? To me, reading these scriptures, the message that I take away from it, praise God, is that there ain't no giving up. Ain't a word, and you ain't supposed to use it. In fact, not only is there no giving up, but we have got to find a way to praise our way through all these things, no matter how hard they get, continue to praise, continue to praise, Do not limit God. Do not limit God. Praise, praise, praise. But also, make adjustments and changes in your life. Do it on purpose. Because to whom much is given, much will be required. Praise his name. Our Father, which art Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us. 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For I have come to set man against his father, Jesus said, daughter against her mother, Jesus said, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's and woman's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter, your own children, more than Jesus, you're not worthy of Jesus. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Does that mean we should take our cross all the way to our own Golgotha while we're being stoned and called names and beaten, taking it to our death in humility? Because if that's what it means, then if you don't do that, you're not worthy of Jesus. He who finds his life here on this earth will lose it. Does that just mean that you're going to die on the earth? Mm-mm. He who finds his life, his earthly life, protects his earthly life, wants to be a part of the earth, is going to lose it, his life. But what life? Could that be eternal life? And he who loses his life, his earthly life, for my sake, will find it. His eternal life? Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Pretty convicting, isn't it? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Make us an instrument of your peace where there is hatred and pushing and shoving and chanting and doing all kinds of earthly things, let us just sow love. Where there is injury, help us to sow pardon. Help us to show them, teach them about your love and give them hope. Where there is doubt, help us to show them and give testimony of our faith and the faith of others and the results of that faith. Where there is despair, Father, we pray that you will give us through an anointing of the Holy Spirit, the right words to say to give that person hope. And Father, where there is darkness, which pretty much today is everywhere, 
Let us sow light. Where there is sadness, let us be joyful and explain why. Father God, grant us not so much to be consoled, but give us the opportunity to stand on your holy ground and to console others. Not so much that we would be understood, but to help others by listening to what they are going through and to understand through compassion. Not so much that we need to be loved, but to show love to others, particularly those who are our enemies. For it is giving that we receive, praise you, Lord, and it is pardoning that we are pardoned. Forgive us of our sins, our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it is in dying by carrying our cross, just as Jesus did, that we are born into eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. children fall prey to destruction your longing itself is the proof that you are mine pray the pain away don't forget where you belong like the steadiness of the sun keep on burning Never tell, just keep this up, and you will learn that my children need my love every day. Remember those moments, it would always wait. Now look at my eyes in your mirror And give me one single reason to stop The wrong that you did, I won't remember it What matters to me is that your spirit is shining Just rest in my light and watch those shadows dissolve Take the plane away Don't forget where you belong Like the steadiness of the sun Keep on burning Never turn Keep it up And you will learn 
that my children need my light every day. Never forget that this is always your home. You can come as you are and you'll always be loved. In my presence, time is gone. Future mistakes were all forgiven by me. If you hold to my word, you will always be free. This promise will stand till the end of time. It was paid in full when I called you mine. Fade away, don't forget where you belong. Like the steadiness of my son, keep on burning, never turn away. Just keep this up and you will learn that my children need my life. Every Heavenly Father, we confess. Father, we confess of our sins. We know that we have committed all throughout this day, many of which we are unaware of. We confess of the sins that we are aware of. We speak them forth before you, Father. We hide nothing from you. Why would we? Thank you for your mercy. Father, we pray that you will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Make us whiter than snow. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our soul, our spirit, mind, flesh, and our record-keeping books in heaven. Wash them clean. And our robe and gown in heaven. Strengthen us, Father, we pray. Strengthen us like never before. Help us to see that way, the changes that need to take place in our lives to please you and to receive more as we walk on the long, narrow path, which is very difficult, of sanctification in hopes of winning the race and being chosen not just called. Wash our robe and gown in heaven, Father, as well. Jesus, we pray with your precious blood and Father, with your holy fire. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we declare and decree in Jesus' name your holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to swirl around about our prayers, to punch through the firmament of the rock, and to melt it, to scatter the demons of darkness in all directions. 
that it, our prayers shall be united with the throne room of God in the glory pillar. Fa- hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we declare this holy fire to swirl around about our dwelling places. We declare this holy fire to swirl through our workplaces, Father, in the name of Jesus, and to burn anything, any dross, any evil, any evil thoughts, any attempts to come against us, Father, in the name of Jesus, any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven that would set their wills against us at the moment that they do so. We decree in Jesus' name for the holy fire of God in Jesus' name to shoot down from the glory pillar and to burn them in the screaming and horrific agony, making a public spectacle of them. In Jesus' name and in accordance with Colossians 2.15, which we bind before the courts of heaven against these entities of the darkness. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for a platoon of warrior angels to be assigned on a search and destroy mission. Seal Team 7, Father, the best that you have. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that for them to be assigned to us, that they will be sent out to ferret out all indirect attempts to come against us or our loved ones, to shut down all portals, to shut down all attacks, to wipe out any fiery darts, and to destroy any spiritual or earthly weapon. We declare that the fire of God will vaporize them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, your scripture says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will direct us, lead us, help us, to anoint us, give us that revelation, help us, Father God, to be able to see that which we cannot see. Open our eyes, Father, our spiritual eyes, that we will be supernaturally anointed in such a manner that we will see the things that need to change in our lives, that we will see what we have to do to be able to be walking in your perfect will, and that we will seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Father God, because it is your righteousness, not ours. Surround us, Father God, in the name of Jesus with divine protection. Surround our loved ones in the name of Jesus, we pray, with your divine protection, Father God. We pray and confess of the sins of our loved ones in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, exactly as Daniel did in Daniel 9.25 on behalf of Israel, and as Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all of Israel. We confess of the sins of our children. We confess of the sins of our loved ones. And, Father God, we renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We rebuke any darkness that would attempt to come against them. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would forgive them of their sins, for they know not what they do. They truly don't. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for your holy fire to surround around about them on all sides. We rebuke any darkness that we we, we, we rebuke it. We bind and cast out any evil, any spirits, any iniquity. We cast it into the pit. We declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare the fire of God to purge them in the name of Jesus. Now, in Jesus' name, we decree in Jesus' name a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to be sustained. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will send angels of light and love and the presence of our Lord Jesus to come into their hearts and their minds. We're looking for a breakthrough, Father. We're praying for a breakthrough, Father. Let nothing unclean hinder their hearts and their minds. Open their hearts and their minds. Allow them to receive. Fertilize the soil of their hearts with the crystal river, the living water. Father, we turn them over into your hands and we praise you because we know that you will save their souls. They might have to go through some hard times. Hallelujah. 
but we'll see them in glory. Thank you, Father God. We praise your holy name. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for helping us to be able to see the things that we have to change in our lives, to get those things together. We praise you for your mercy and your grace as we stumble along in our journeys. But we pray more than anything, Father, that we make it. And Lord Jesus, that we grab your hand when you raise it out to us and say, I need your help. Feed my sheep. Praise your name. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. This time he is holy oil. Thank you, Father. And isn't it fascinating? I'm not going to get into that. Boy, that, that, that opened up a can of mysteries I'll probably talk about for two hours. I don't even have that much time. Thank you, Father. With the Holy Oil, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I like to put it on myself very much like the blood was placed above the doorpost by the Israelites just prior to the three days of darkness. Those who did it had supernatural light in their dwelling places while the three days of darkness were happening. You think that will be repeated? I can guarantee you that it will. But I like to put the holy oil on myself the same way as they put the blood of the Lamb over their doorposts without even realizing it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership, into your hands, Lord Jesus, into your hands, Father God. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We renounce them and we bind it and we cast it into the pit. We declare and plead the abundant grace of God, the living water of the crystal river, to flow deep into us, to purge us, to purify us, to purify us. Make us whiter than snow. We plead your blood, Lord Jesus, to cleanse us, to heal us. Not just to heal our bodies physically, but to heal our hearts and our minds. To strengthen us. We declare and decree that no weapons raised against us can exist. For we declare in Jesus' name that they be vaporized immediately by the fire of God. We resist the devil. You must flee. And we rebuke the demons of darkness. We call down the holy fire to burn them at the very moment that they set their wills against us. We cancel all demonic assignments against us. We break all yokes of bondage. We tear up all demonic contracts placed against us or our loved ones. We declare in Jesus' name that the angels that have been assigned to us will... Close all demonic portals. All curses placed against us are hereby broken and cast into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection to surround about us on all sides, Job 1.9, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to sustain it, blowing it white hot, and to maintain it in the name of Jesus, punching through the spiritual realm and directly into the throne room of God. Again, mounting and merging the glory pillar in Jesus' name.
Praise God. Uh, scrolling through the uh, all these, I don't know how many bazillions of scriptures that are inside the uh, prayer vigil show notes. I was looking for some new ones to just to read because I loved the, the Bible so much. 
Because you learn so much every time you eat it. Something new every time. And I was like, as I was going through one scripture after another scripture after another scripture and just paging down, paging down, paging down, paging down. I was like, oh my gosh, I already said that one, 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 I already said that one. I was like, oh, praise God. But then I found this. The refining pot. Refining. Refining. To refine us, right? The refining pot is for silver. And the furnace is for gold. Which one would you rather be? Looks like you're going to get the furnace, huh? (laughs) And then it says, but the Lord tests the hearts. The hearts. Then in other places it says the Lord God tests the righteous. So when he's testing the righteous, he's testing the right he's testing the hearts. The hearts. That would imply he's testing the part of you that nobody else sees. And the part of you that you may not even be aware of. Isaiah 59.2 But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Whoa. Proverbs 23.7 For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Oh, I'm unworthy. Um, I'm, I just can't handle this anymore. I, I, I just can't. I can't make any changes in my life. I am what I am. I've had all I can take. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Psalm 119, 11. Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Might. Romans fourteen twenty three, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Father, we praise you for all the benefits, Lord Jesus, that you have won for us, all the pains and insults that you have borne for us. Merciful Redeemer, we pray, our friend, our brother. May we know thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, and follow thee more nearly every day of our lives and forever and ever. Amen. Now we enter into communion. About you at the eve of a man's 
question You said I'd be eagerly yearned for this supper And that you'd suffer so his children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room As you passed on the bread to be told But they did not understand the reach of his plan In his love we were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, Speak to the heavenly force. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had power to call. And I can only imagine the thunderous sound as though heaven exploded in tears. We were free from our chains. Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather remembering the healer of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord of our all, the light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land all of creation restored by his hand eternity all is revealed by the time we remember all scars will be healed As we long for your coming, we imagine the peace, the Lord and his bride, when our waiting has ceased. Thank you. 
special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. It's a lot of patience. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called one body and be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord and finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. 1 Peter 2.9, Colossians 3.12, Philippians 4.8, Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their minds and conscience are defiled. Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26. 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up in the glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, we pray, please, have mercy, not just today, but forevermore upon us, Lord. 
Have mercy upon us, Father, in accordance with your loving kindness. That love that is so powerful that when people are taken to your awesome, glorified place known as heaven, they can't even put it into words. The overwhelming feeling of love everywhere. We pray that according to your tender mercies, Father, that you will blot out all of our transgressions, even the ones that we are unaware of. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us of our sin. For we confess of our sins before thee, Father, acknowledging all of our transgressions. We know that our sin is always before us. Father, against you, you only, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, You desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Deep, deep, deep inside of us. You will help us by making us to know your wisdom. Your wisdom. Our Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise. Father, Purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean and wash us that we would be whiter than snow. Make us hear joy, gladness in our hearts that the bones that you've broken may rejoice. That we give you praise while we are experiencing the fiery trials that are to try us. Not thinking something strange has happened to us, but giving you glory because we know where it leads us to. Create in us a clean heart, Father. Spiritually, filling us with your glory and your joy. Knowing what's awaiting us Should we have the discipline to choose, knowing that you will help us, praising you all the way. Create in us that clean heart, Father. Make our spirit steadfast. Steadfast that we would never give up always seeking the opportunity to stand on your holy ground and serve thee, Father. Do not cast us away from your presence or allow us, Father, to step outside of your will such that we would grieve the precious Holy Spirit. Restore to you, restore to us, Father, the joy of your salvation and uphold us with your generous spirit that we will teach transgressors your ways and 
sinners will be converted to you. Father, deliver us from the guilt of our past sins that we may give you glory and sing praises aloud forevermore. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the very same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, claim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Lododi, Lododi V. I am my beloved. And my beloved, this mine. You were strong, 
You were kind, you were just, you were aiming for the goal. And you were smiling, always strong and secure through your work. Like a shepherd guiding his herd, giving shelter in the soul. Cause I know that your word holds power to grow. We receive it serenity For my offense, you were sick for my deceit, you were poor for my prosperity, you were strong when I am weak. I praise you, my Redeemer, I praise you, Majesty. You were left by God Almighty to always be with me, and I know I will never be.
We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and the servants and foot washers of mankind. Ezekiel 22.30 says, Also I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. The land. But I found no one. Isaiah 6, 8 says, Father, Father, we heard your voice saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we say, Here we are. Send us. Isaiah forty three twenty five. Our Father says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance, and let us contend together. John fourteen twelve through 14 Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go unto the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's how you know you're not praying amiss. You ask and you do not receive because you pray amiss to spend it on your own desires, your own things, not that the Father would be glorified in the Son. Synergy and harmony across all the scriptures. When you get it, praise Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, the Lord Jesus, according to the power that works in us. For we are crucified in Christ and is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. So we have the power of the Lord Jesus. That's a lot of power. Colossians 2.5 Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, the cross. Well, seeing as how we don't see principalities and powers with our eyes in this realm, when Jesus made a public spectacle of them, that public area had to have been the demonic realm. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Duell, Mighty Prevailing Prayer. Which brings me back to the testimony of the man who was taken to heaven and was flying 
he, his tour of heaven was beside of a, it was by the side of an angel who was they were flying together over heaven and looking down on all of the mansions and things and i i they saw this man standing out in the front yard of his mansion and it was i guess exceedingly beautiful And the angel said to the man that he was giving the tour to, he said, that man used to be a pastor on the earth, but the father did not give him that mansion because of being a pastor. The father gave him that mansion because of the way he prayed. James 5.16b, the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning, having or displaying a passionate intensity. Impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. Which, by the way, lines up beautifully with uh, 2 Kings 25, where our father basically said King Hezekiah was, you know, in deep, uh, deep trouble. And then Hezekiah prayed out, cried out to the Lord, and, he, and the, our father responded to him and said, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. Like I've testified many times, I had a, a relative of mine who said, well, I can't fake cry. I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, then you're not getting it. You don't have to fake it. Hmm. Interesting. Now we know why the foolish surgeons had to go back and get more more oil. The transition doesn't happen right away. It takes time. Mark sixteen seventeen to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will... It doesn't say some of those who believe. <laughs> In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything or ingest anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Second Corinthians ten four through six. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal; they're not earthly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Hmm. So basically, the implication of this scripture is so deep, and I I always feel like there's more. And just looking at it, it's amazing. So here it says the weapon. So it basically points out that the we- our weapons, by the way, uh, the uh, you know when you uh, put on the uh, the armor of God, girding your waist with truth, putting on a breastplate of righteousness having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, of which you will use to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit is the only offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit, which is the word 
of God, praying always with all supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, all perseverance and supplication of the saints. See, this this is amazing. People say wackiest things. And hey, I'm guilty. I, you know, we all have to grow and start somewhere. But I've heard people say, I declare and decree that I am putting on the armor of God. No, 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 no. Sorry, it's not how it works. These are metaphors, okay? You're not declaring or decreeing diddly, okay? These are metaphors, okay? And it's simply saying you're girding yourself with what? Truth. What's the truth? Truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father but by me. It's about Jesus. It's about the truth of Jesus. So you gird your waist, you protect your waist, okay, from being attacked. And by the way, your your angel, when it's sent to you to bring you your the answer to your prayers, is if you're not doing any one of these things, if there's any one of these things, then whatever part of the body of that angel, whatever you're not doing out of these things, your angel is missing that protection. And then they get attacked in the spiritual realm because they have to pass through it. That's why we part the spiritual realm in the name of Jesus as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered onto the earth and into the spiritual realm. I don't want any hindrance. And we are a royal priesthood. And we have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you when you gird your waist, you're doing it with truth. So that's Jesus and the truth of the word, which is Jesus. You put on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. So by he who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous, 1 John 3, 7. You practice righteousness by continuously confessing of your sins, always monitoring yourself, judging yourself that you would not be judged. 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 31, and 32. It's all there. And we seek ye first the kingdom of God because we love the Lord our God with all our heart, our minds, our soul. The very, very most important commandment of all. And we seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then we have a breastplate. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How do you prepare the gospel of peace? Perhaps you read it. But above all, you take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those are those thoughts that require you to continuously renew your mind over. I'm unworthy. Fiery dart. I can't do that. Fiery dart. No way I'm going to make it. Fiery dart. I can't be part of the barley harvest. Fiery dart. Interesting that it says, above all, take the shield of faith. (laughs) Fiery dart. How are you going to hold every thought captive to the obedience of Christ if you're continuously getting hammered by fiery darts? The helmet of salvation, because you know you're saved.
The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, do you have it committed to your heart? How well do you know the Word of God? Are you able to wield the sword of the Spirit by using the Word of God? When Jesus was being tempted by Satan, of all the created beings in all the universes, Satan knows the Word of God better than anybody. And how did Jesus respond? With the Word of God. But he was the Word. Dwelt among, dwelt among us. For the weapons of our warfare are not earthly, which means they're spiritual. It's pretty simple, not complicated. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, carnal meaning earthly, fleshy. So if they're not carnal, if they're not carnal, if they're not earthly, if they're not fleshy, if they're not knives and guns and pepper spray and all that kind of stuff, then what are they? They're spiritual weapons. And they are mighty in God. For what? Our spiritual weapons, what are they mighty for? Pulling down strongholds. Strongholds? What are those? Well, it says. Now, I would submit that there's a little bit of a translational issue here, because I'm not so sure I care much for the concept of casting down arguments. I really... I would say eradicating the lies of the devil. How about that? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that would be a principality, a power, a spiritual host of wickedness, and a rule of darkness in high places. And by doing so, using spiritual warfare tactics, what do you achieve? You achieve Aligning your every thought in a type of a captivity to the obedience of Christ. Or do you know that you are not your own and you were bought and paid for with a price? And that it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to give our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to our Father. And it's all right here. Behold, I give to you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke ten nineteen. Mark nine twenty five. When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. The key words there are, when Jesus saw the people come running together, why did he wait? Why did he wait to see the people come running together? Why did he wait until the people come running together? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Matthew 
but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, the, the superior demon? They, they run in packs, cut off the head of the snake, and the rest of them scatter. Then you will plunder his house. Matthew twelve forty three to 45, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And he comes, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order, because all the demons were cast out. But then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. Why we have to call down the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to keep them doggone things from re-entering. Otherwise, how do we break through? Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we symbolically hold up a golden cup of forgiveness. We hold it up before you, Father. It's a royal priesthood. And we pray, Father, Forgive the peoples of the lands of Africa, for they know not what they do. From Morocco to Egypt, all the way down to Johannesburg, from the Ivory Coast to the far western sides of the Sudan. Father, in all lands in between, hundreds of millions. Father, we hold up a golden cup of forgiveness before Thee, and we pray Thee, Lord my God, our Father, pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness upon them all. Father, forgive them. In Jesus' name. For as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all of Israel, we confess of their sins before thee, Father. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. All of the people from the north to the south to the east and the west. Father, forgive them. In Jesus' name we pray. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of Africa, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We decree fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony in the name of Jesus Christ, making a public spectacle of you thereof across the demonic ether in Jesus' name. And we plead with the courts of heaven and declare in Jesus' name the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels, diamond-tipped swords sharp as razor blades, and archangels to follow in the name of Jesus to enter into the spiritual realm and to wage war against these such as never been seen since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of Africa. Strong men, in the name of Jesus, we command you, come forth. Subordinate spirits, out now! In the name of Jesus, we decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon thee, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit, the pit and to burn you into screaming agony. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, for greater things than these will we do because our king has gone unto the Father. 
Father, we declare, plead with the courts and decree in Jesus' name for a holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to utterly encapsulate all of the peoples, every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of Africa. On all sides, Father, we pray in Jesus' name and declare by his authority that you have given us, for it is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us, that a thorny hedge of protection, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit will be sustained all through the night, into the night, deep into the night, all through the day and deep into the night, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we declare in Jesus' name and plead with your high, holy, supreme courts in Jesus' name for a for uh, the living water, the crystal river, the, your abundant grace to flow deep into their heart, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain. In accordance with John fifteen sixteen, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. And Father, we pray and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father an innumerable company of angels of light and love to come upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction and open and standing visions of the day. Holy Lord Jesus, we pray that you will come upon them, that you will touch them in your compassion and call them by their names and their native tongue. Let them see the man in the white robe in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, your will be done. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of Africa for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to flow freely upon those lands. In Jesus' name, Father God, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know what your will is, Father. You would want not one to perish. Father, we hold up a golden bowl of forgiveness on behalf of every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of South America from Colombia, Father, from Venezuela, Father, to all the way down to uh, the, the far southern sides of, of uh, uh, Paraguay, Father, in the name of Jesus, to the western sides of Chile and Peru and all across Argentina and Brazil, in the mighty name of Jesus, and even the indigenous tribesmen of the lands of, of, of the, of the uh, Amazon river valley in the name of jesus father we pray pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness upon them father forgive them for they know what not what they do father forgive the drug lords father forgive the affluent father forgive those who do not know you the lost across all of those lands the party people father that need to have that revelation of your glory and 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 just know who you are jesus and that they are forgiven if they will just reach out to you. Therefore, Father, in the name of Jesus, we confess of their sins before thee. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name.
principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of South America. We come against you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into horrific agony in Jesus' name. And we plead with the courts of heaven and declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the dispatch of hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels and archangels that ascend upon thee and to cut you into pieces and to cast the pieces into the bowels of the pit. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, strong men, come forth. We have loosed your legal rights to the peoples of the lands of South America. Even if but for a time, we command you to come out now in Jesus' name. Subordinate spirits, out. We bind you in the name of Jesus and cast you into the pit. We declare hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend upon you, striking you deaf, blind, and dumb, casting you into the pit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you where you stand. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. O Lord, our God, even before time, we are looking for a breakthrough. We declare in Jesus' name the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to sustain it deep into the night. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to descend upon the lands of South America. We stand in the gap on behalf of you, Father God, and your will to be done across the lands of South America. Father, we pray for your abundant grace, the living water, the crystal river, to fertilize, to soil their hearts, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in Jesus' name. And in accordance with John fifteen sixteen, praise you, Jesus, for that promise. Father, we plead for an innumerable company of angels of light and love to descend upon the lands of South America and to come upon these people in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. Job 33, 14, 15. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your name. And in open and standing visions of the day, Holy Lord Jesus, we pray that you will reach your hand out in compassion. Touch them. In the night, call them by their name, in Jesus' name. Father, your will be done. Save the souls of the lost peoples across all of these lands. In the name of Jesus, we pray. So be it. Amen. See you next Friday. Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings.
When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride to set her free. 